Welcome to the Don't HR Alone podcast, your daily source for news and updates relevant to the HR profession. We bring you weekly interviews with HR leaders, CEOs, and small business owners, along with our daily updates. Each day, you can tune in for updates by following us on the social media of your choice. We post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe by going to don'thralone.com. And our show is on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio, where you can subscribe as well. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Rami Alijil, and welcome to Don't HR Alone number 53. Today, we have a question and answer session. We're going to talk about Cobra for divorcees, stinky smokers, and long bathroom breaks for employees. Let's dive right into the questions. First question, employees who smoke. We have a couple of employees who smoke and have recently moved into an office next to someone who doesn't smoke and finds the odor unpleasant. What are best practices for handling a situation like this? Well, first, thank you so much for sending in the question. Uh, We'd love to help. So a best practice is to discreetly coach and counsel the employees who have the offending odor odor and to offer accommodations to the employee with the complaint. So an accommodation would be a fan or an air purifier, uh, purifier if the complaint continues. As an employer, you would treat this as you would any other performance issue that distracts from other employees. The best practice is to point to any dress code or hygiene policy you may have that hopefully provides language about odors and or a clean appearance. That's actually common language in most uh, dress code and hygiene policies. Um, For the employees themselves, if they ask what are they supposed to do, um, the ones who smoke, Hand washing, wearing a jacket outside to smoke and removing it before coming back in uh, and or just waiting a few minutes before coming back inside after smoking are other ways smokers can try to lessen the odor. But in general, this is just a standard performance issue, just like any other one. So treat it that way. Follow your protocols for, you know, privately addressing this. Next question, when to offer COBRA? During open enrollment, one of our employees dropped her husband from our group health plan. Do we have to offer COBRA in this case? Uh, Well, given your question, the answer is absolutely not no. COBRA is only offered to persons who lose their group health coverage due to specific events, such as the employee's termination of employment uh, or reduction in hours or the dependent's involuntary loss of eligibility because of the employee's death, divorce, or a child reaching the age limit. So um, given your question, the answer is no. But um, so in this employee's case, there's no qualifying event, which is the key part of COBRA. The husband's loss of coverage is simply due to the employee's voluntary enrollment choice. On the other hand, a special COBRA rule will come into play if the couple later divorces. I'm just kind of reading into this. Um, You probably wouldn't be asking this question if the employee just dropped her husband. Maybe the husband came to you and said, hey, I do want to be on there, but the employee's already dropped her or something. For example, let's assume that Mary, the employee, makes an open enrollment change to drop her husband John from her plan coverage as of January 1. On April 1, Mary and John's divorce is finalized and the plan administrator is notified within 60 days, right, in the notification window. According to COBRA regulations issued by the IRS, the plan administrator should consider that Mary made the open enrollment change in anticipation of divorce and offer COBRA to John. That is, the divorce is a qualifying event with respect to John, even though he was not covered under the plan when the event occurred. If John elected COBRA and pays the required premium when due, his coverage would be retroactive to April 1, the date of the divorce, and may continue for up to 36 months currently. May go down to 18 months at some point, but now it's 36. Coverage cannot be reinstated for the months before the qualifying event, so he'd have no coverage in January, February, or March. April 1's the divorce date. That's when his COBRA coverage would start because of that qualifying life event. I hope that 
helps. I hope I kind of read into that and that may help you out. If they're not, if there's not an actual divorce, nothing to do there. Okay, final question. Long bathroom breaks. Quote, I have an employee who is taking unusually long bathroom breaks. The frequent restroom use is disrupting work. What should I do to prevent the long bathroom breaks? Okay, that's a good question. Um, if you believe that an employee's bathroom breaks are longer than average, you must first consider that they have uh, they may be other issues, such as a medical condition causing the behavior. As an HR person or company owner or what, whoever you are in this organization, your starting point is there's a medical reason, okay? As a best practice, have a human resources representative or a manager talk to the employee privately to determine if there is a reason for the lengthy breaks. Do not say what's going on in the bathroom, right? You're going to simply pull them aside in private, uh, address it as a performance issue and say hello. We have noticed this performance issue, which is very lengthy bathroom breaks that are more common than usual. Are there any reasons for this that we that that we need to be aware of? Are you are there any medical reasons? Uh, is there uh, a stress related reason? What is what is your reason for that? Ninety nine percent of the time they're going to say, well, there's a health condition. Right? And so, well, I'm sick. If they start getting into what's going on, you don't need to know that at all. Just, yeah, I have a medical reason. If a health condition exists and reasonable accommodations are necessary, right? So if it's a health condition, then probably it is, right? If it's something that they have a problem and they need to use the restroom every, you know, hour, that's fine. That's a medical condition. You should try to reasonably accommodate them. Um, and, but to do that, and this is the key, ask the employee to provide medical certification from their healthcare provider and uh, FMLA paperwork, if applicable, to assure the additional time is protected if they if they're going to actually take time off that kind of stuff. So. Um, the reason I, I say that is simply that you, you've, you've brought up the situation correctly. They say it's medical. You say, wonderful. We, we're going to work on an accommodation for that. We'd love to make sure we can keep you happy and healthy and everything here. But I do need a medical cert from your doctor saying a reasonable accommodation is necessary, right, to accommodate this illness. Um, and if they don't provide that, then you have now everything you need to consider this simply a performance or discipline problem. Um, if they do provide it, then obviously this is a medical issue, and you got to kind of deal with it that way. We got a lot. We have a lot of podcasts on ADA and medical issues and accommodations. Check those out. But if um, if they don't provide it, give them a time frame. You know, within a week, we need to know about this. Then it's simply a discipline issue, right? You can treat it that way until they provide it. If it turns out that the employee has a different type of issue, the non-medical issue, then involve human resources or their manager for a resolution. Consider the following to manage break periods. Schedule rest breaks. Every number of predetermined hours is educated by your state's law, if applicable. Make a good faith effort to provide rest periods in the middle of each work period and draft written rest period policies that comply with federal and state laws. Basically, um, in our office and in most offices and even most manufacturing environments, breaks are somewhat willy-nilly, right? It's like if you, if you need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. If you need to take a 15-minute break, go do that. Um, you're going to have to create a policy to make that stricter, right? In order for him to be violating something to be impacting work. Unfortunately, you're going to need to write down. And the easiest way, rather than say, don't take breaks as often, is to say, this is when you should take breaks. We expect you to take a 15-minute break every two hours of work, every four hours of work, a half-hour break, so on and so forth. Here is your schedule for when we think you should take breaks. And see if that narrows it down, right? If it's a discipline problem, that'll probably do it, just because he'll know what he's supposed to do. And if they wind up taking a lot more breaks than that, then you obviously have a violation of a break policy and you can do your progressive discipline uh, or termination, whatever it is you need to do. So that is how I recommend you deal with that. Assume it's medical. Ask if it's medical. Ask for medical cert. 
if it's not medical or they don't provide the medical cert, treat it as a discipline problem and address that by being more specific in your policies. And if they violate those policies, treat it as a, um, um, you know, a violation of policy. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that helped. I hope that answered some of your questions. Uh, all three of these are wonderful. If you have questions, send them over to us on Twitter or Facebook, LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help. Um, we have a few more questions we're going to answer tomorrow that have come in over the last week, and we're looking forward to those. In the meantime, like us, follow us, subscribe. We're available on iTunes and Google Play Music and TuneIn Radio and Stitcher Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Um, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful day. Go out there and get your work done.